Well, we've been celebrating this uh, whole uh, season of Lent, these uh, five Sundays of what Jesus accomplishes for us uh, in, in this next week, in this this holy week, what he accomplishes at the cross and, and in um, conquering sin and death and judgment, that, that he gives us all access to the Father. Complete contact to our Creator is what God gives to us. And, and we, we celebrate that this morning as we see a king who is the Creator of the world who comes in on a donkey. Not an impressive animal. Maybe even a frustrating animal. (laughs) But he doesn't come in on a racehorse, a pure breed. He doesn't come in uh, on a tank. He doesn't come in full of regalia. He comes in on the street level. On one of the most common animals. Humble on a donkey. To give us all access to the Father, but to give all of us and any of us access to the Father. And what what we'll see in our passage today is as He comes in, He gives us access. He has created the church now to carry out that same purpose, to to, to fulfill that purpose, to to strengthen, to encourage, to support, so to give everyone and anyone who wants to know God, who wants to obey Jesus, who wants to, to live with and for our Creator, anyone and everyone to walk with Jesus are welcome. And the church is here to support, encourage what Jesus is doing. But it can be that the church can get in the way instead of help. Not something that we do on purpose. But let me tell you a story. Some family in the church a number of years ago when they were maybe coming to visit. You know what they did the first Sunday that they came? They drove into the parking lot and stayed in their car and just watched who went in and who went out? What were they wearing? You know, did, they, did they look nice? Did they look like we would be welcome? And then they drove away. And it wasn't until the next Sunday that they came to the same thing and then came in. Now, that's nobody's fault. Not, not, none of us you know, wanted to do that. But just to share that, to say, that's what the world is around us. That... that And Jesus, as we'll see in our passage today, wants to do everything to to take every wall down to anyone and everyone that would want to follow Him. So what we're going to read, we're going to look at today, is in in Matthew uh, chapter uh, 21. And it's the events in Jesus that He does. This This is what He does right after He gets off the donkey. I mean, in the, in the Gospel of Matthew, this is, he gets off the donkey, and then this is what he does. And uh, it's one of the events that's in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, all four of the, the, the stories of Jesus, and uh, how he wants to make sure that we, the church, are on board with what he is doing and providing all access. Let's pray together. 
Almighty God, we thank you for your written word. We, we thank you for your spirit. We thank you for Jesus, who is a, a humble king, who is a holy, almighty servant, who is a, a suffering God, um, who is, the, who is a, the creator of life, life itself, who dies. We marvel when we consider him. And we ask now that you would speak to us, you would um, guide us, direct us, so that we um, are in tune with what you're doing uh, and, and what ways that we do things that get in your way, Lord. Show us, reveal them to us, clean us out. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. All right, Matthew uh, chapter 21, starting with verse 12. It's on 802 in your pew Bible, or you can follow along on the screen. Then Jesus, again, this is right after he got off the donkey. Then Jesus entered the temple and drove out all who were selling and buying in the temple. And he overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold doves. He said to them, It is written, My house shall be called a house of prayer, but you are making it a den of robbers. The blind and the lame came to him in the temple, and he cured them. But when the chief priests and the scribes saw the amazing things that he did and heard the children crying out in the temple, Hosanna to the Son of David, they became angry and said to him, Do you hear what they are saying? Jesus said to them, Yes. Have you never read? Out of the mouths of infants and nursing babies... You have prepared praise for yourself. He left them, went out of the city to Bethany, and spent the night there. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. All right, so the, the first thing that we, we see is he enters in. He, 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 he really demonstrates this all access, this access for all, because he, he, um, he uh, gets the, the, the money changers, the folks that are selling doves, those that are buying and selling, that are in the, the temple court. And he goes and he, he um, ushers them out, forces them out. You know, it's an interesting thing to consider this as you think about Jesus. He never forces anybody in, but he does force out what gets in the way. He never forces, he invites folks in, never forces them. But the time you see him using force is here to help clean up the religious community. And now what's, what's happening here, um, uh, some folks you, you think, all right, well, this means that we shouldn't sell stuff in the, the church building. Uh, no, that's a, that's a thought. Um, but I don't think that's the thought that Jesus has here and why he cleans out the temple. Um, and, and some folks, well, it's probably because they're like uh, uh, buying food on an airplane. You know, high price, really low quality. Or, you know, popcorn in the movie theater. You know, they, they're exploiting the opportunities um, for the poor, um, even, uh, by having those uh, different tables there in, in the temple court. For the most part, historically, we can't find that to be the case. It wasn't the case that it was exploitation. Um, it was actually 
The tables were there for money changing because, you know, folks from all over would travel in and they would need to change the money to pay the temple tax. And they need to change the money into the currency of the place. And folks would travel in and the religious rituals of the sacrifices would need to be carried out. And so you had money changers for that and selling doves for that and other things for sacrifices there. So the, the reason the tables were there were for the convenience of the worshipers. For the insiders. And the tables were placed in what was called the court of the Gentiles. And the Gentiles are the outsiders. And so what what had happened in that real busy time is that religious leaders put the tables and the things that were necessary for the, the worship to go on in the place that was designed for the outsiders who wanted to see what was going on, who, who were seeking, who were curious about what was going on with God in God's house in the temple. And so, therefore, when Jesus saw that, when he came into the city and and he knew that what he was about to accomplish was to create all access, access to anyone who wants to come to Jesus, then he came in with force and cleaned those tables out so that the place where the outsiders could come and engage with God was cleaned out. The, The church... Then and now is one of the few organizations that is created not for the benefit solely of its members, but mostly for the benefit of those outside of its membership. And Jesus, that's the reason that he died, is for all to come. And he wanted to make it clear that the, the, the church, his people, needed to be doing everything they could to reach and gather those outside of its walls. You might notice this a little bit. This is a very simple example. But you might notice this on on Sundays. Um, There's a few things that we say every Sunday. And we say the same thing, you know, every Sunday. And... um, I, we were actually at a denominational event back in January, and uh, um, one of the speakers was talking about this. He says, you know, if you're really reaching out, if you're focused on reaching to folks that are outside of your walls, you're going to annoy your regular attenders. And that's a good sign. So that means you're doing it. And it's things like this. You know, some of you, you're here every Sunday, and you're like, would you not talk to me about connection cards anymore? You know, I've heard it 50 times. I know what to do. I've been here. You know, I haven't moved in 50 years, so you're there. And, uh, but, uh, but for the person that comes for the first time, they have no idea what this is. And matter of fact, they may even be a little bit, um, what are you going to do with my address? You're going to sell my email to some marketing company? You know, are you going to bombard me with a bunch of emails? No, this is simply to, to connect with one another, to know names, and, and to engage, at least in a, a level beyond that, if there's any particular prayer needs. But, in another one, you know, we do children in, in worship. And we say, you know, children, K through third grade, through this door, a lot of you, you could give the spiel. And you, you, you could give it. But if you're here for the first time and you've got a kindergartner, you want to know what you're doing with my kid. 
Where are you taking him? And is that him crying right now? Yeah, that's... Uh, you can stop now. It was a good cue. You took that. Yeah, that... But that... You, you, so for those of us that are here... Now, those are simple examples. Very simple examples. But that's why Jesus responded with force here. That's why He responded in anger that the religious leaders of His day were focused so much on their own purity that they were in, in their own convenience, that they were in the way of those seekers, folks, folks wanting to peek in, who were curious about what it meant to know and follow God. So then he goes on, and he, he then says, he quotes uh, from the Old Testament, my house is to be a house of prayer. And there he's quoting actually from Isaiah 56. Verses 6 through 8. And this is Isaiah 56. And the foreigners who join themselves to the Lord to minister to Him, to love the name of the Lord and to be His servants, all who keep the Sabbath and do not profane it and hold fast my covenant. And this is the foreigners who are doing this. These I will bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices will be accepted on my altar, for my house shall be called a house of prayer for all peoples. Thus says the Lord God, who gathers the outcasts of Israel, I will gather others to them besides those already gathered. A shepherd who's gathering his sheep. He is actively at work gathering even more and more because the place of His temple, the place where people worship, is to be a house of prayer, connecting with God in total and complete contact, all access for all peoples, all kinds of people in all different stages of life and moral predicament. All are to come. Now, so the thing is, you see from this, a couple things. One, this is not a new idea that Jesus is bringing on. This is Isaiah, who was writing this 500 years before you know, and beyond. So th- this, is, this is God's heart. It's not just sort of the, the new thing that Jesus is, is doing. And also you'll see, and we'll see throughout this passage, that Jesus has a very high value towards Scripture. Scripture is not to be just a um, precious moment gathering or uh, beautiful poetry it's not to be just admired or it's not just to be respected scripture is useless unless it is obeyed so he goes back to it over and over again that, that the charge of god's people is to obey his word and again we'll we'll see that um through throughout yeah, this is also part of the reason that we went with uh, regeneration. Um, uh, that, uh, the regeneration campaign of, of, in terms of, of retooling and, uh, um, the, the, the building. You know, we, we want the building not to get in the way. We want it to be, we want it to shout you know, of, of, of relevance, of connection, of, of, of uh, life with God. And so the, we, we, with God... And the leading of the Spirit want to be sure that we're getting everything out of the way that may prevent, may be an obstacle to one who doesn't know Jesus but's interested in following Him.
interested in obeying him. Now, this is the key thing here. Ultimately, we're not interested in people joining the church. We're interested in people following Jesus. So I just want to make that clear. And that, that's what he's about. He's about connecting people to God. And, and so the place, even here, where the, the religious community is not doing that, then Jesus causes chaos and cleans the place out. Because it's the heart of God to gather the outcasts. To gather those, not just within the fold, but those beyond. So part of the application for us individually is, who, who are we connecting with outside the church? Who are we praying for outside the church? How, how are we connecting with, with others who are maybe curious? Maybe, maybe we're talking with them about Jesus. You know, it, it, may be, it may be way on down the road before you ever invite them to church, but maybe invite them into your house or you invite them to share lunch or you invite them to just a Bible study and saying, this is what I've learned from Jesus and sharing it with others. That's, that's the heart of God to be gathering those outside. And He has called us to Himself so that we'll be a part of His witnesses wherever we go. All right, so He says He he wants His house to be a house of prayer for all peoples. And then He says, but you've made it a den of robbers. And there He's quoting from Jeremiah 7. Um, has this house, which is called by my name, become a den of robbers in your sight? You know I too am watching, says the Lord. Go now to my place that was in Shiloh, where I made my name dwell at first, and see what I did to it for the wickedness of my people. And now, because you've done all these things, says the Lord, and when I spoke to you persistently, you did not listen, and when I called you, you did not answer. Therefore, I will do to the house that is called by my name in which you trust and to the place that I gave you and to your ancestors just what I did to Shiloh. And I will cast you out of my sight just as I cast out all of your kinsfolk, all the offspring of Ephraim. I mean, so you see here, again, one, Jesus' high value of Scripture and how that speaks to God's heart when the religious people, in, in this case, um, with Jeremiah, what, what can happen is we can separate the moral and the ethical from the religious and the spiritual. Because that's, that's what happened with them. There, he, he said that not only did the temple get in the way, but the people that were gathered the temple were a den of robbers. You know, it was a place where you would, you would gather uh, in, in order to comfort and encourage yourself and count your winnings. And then go out in the world and what you did in the church had no impact in what was going on in the world. I mean, you know that. And that's one of the biggest charges as you talk to folks that, that aren't in the church. They'll, they'll say, you know, well, the thing I don't like the most is that folks is they're hypocrites. You know, they say one thing, proclaim one thing, sing one thing, but then do something totally different. You know, and it, well, part of that is that, yeah, and find a place that you can't go find a place you can go where there are no hypocrites. Uh, and, and then if that's the case, you'll ruin it, you know, when you get there. You know, I mean, that's, uh, at least I will. You know, so in one sense, there's, we're always hypocrites. But on the other, what we see in, 
in Jesus' heart here and what he's getting at to the religious leaders to make all access is that the, the religious stuff, the spiritual stuff, the gatherings that we have, worship services and, and, and the teaching times and social gatherings, that those are not an end into them, unto themselves. Carrying out the religious institution and religious rituals and practices and all the rest are not an end unto themselves. The purpose that Jesus has given us all access to Him is so that we might be transformed by Him in the power of His Holy Spirit. That we'll be changed and we'll be sent out as changed people and it will have impact in the world around us in some way or fashion. And so... so um, I want to be clear, particularly for anybody here that's, that's visiting, that's saying, you know, I want to check out this Christianity thing. I want to check out what does it mean to truly be a Christian. And I want to be clear just so there, you know, there's no bait and switch here. You know, this is not an introductory offer where you can have it for free for a month, but then I got your credit card number, you know, and you're stuck, you know. Not that kind of deal. But, but clear from up front that what Jesus wants is for people to be gathered unto Him. His heart is for it to be a house of prayer for all peoples, but it is just that, a house of prayer, a house of connecting with the God who is our Creator, who is our Savior, who is our Lord, who wants to live in us and through us and transform us into the fullness of life that He's created for us. He wants to change us. He wants to transform us. And He will not stop until He returns. So it's not a ticket to heaven. It's not, let me get my ticket punched for the glory ride ahead. It it is not that. It is a journey of a people who are being transformed by God to then be a powerful force for righteousness and justice and goodness in our world. That's what He's calling a people for. That's what He died for. That's why He's given us all access. I mean, we got all access to God and God has all access to us. And in His love, He refuses to let us wallow, continue to wallow in our own sin and brokenness. If If we're headed for destruction, He will lead us to life if we're serious about following Him. And if you're not, if you're not serious about obeying Jesus, then you're not a Christian. That's just what it is. It doesn't mean that we do obey Him, but that's our trajectory. That is our desire. We will sin. We will fall short. And that's God's grace abounds. And we have access to God at all times and in all ways, even in the midst of our sin. But our direction as a follower of Jesus is to follow Jesus. And if we just want to be a Christian for the religious ritual or to get our ticket punched for heaven... That's not a biblical definition of what it means to be a Christian. So, I mean, just wanted to be clear for folks that uh, are, are with us, that may be checking it out. Because I'm sure everybody that's, uh, that, that isn't checking it out has that down just, just right. Part of, of this picture of why Jesus is saying it's a den of robbers is it, you, you've separated the, the ethical, the, the moral. You've, you've separated your daily life from your, your religious practices. Um, that's part of the reason for having this Sunday the connection zone. You know, as we leave from here and go into Fellowship Hall, as Mike was talking about earlier, just the, the different ways that we're seeking to follow after Jesus in, in our own lives through what we call discipleship. There's a churchy word for you. But disciple, it means student. 
And so what that means is we're, we're a student or an apprentice. You know, we're an apprentice to Jesus. And, and uh, the community of uh, Jesus followers helps one another, encourages one another, supports one another in practicing obedience to Jesus. Again, that's what the, the, the church is. It's a group of people who, who are helping one another practice obedience to Jesus. So there's ministries that are mentioned there. And then a variety of ministries in our community that, that try to live how Jesus would want us to live towards those that are, that are hungry, towards those that are without homes for the, the moment, uh, uh, for those uh, children in need of, of tutoring and, and care, for, um, for, uh, and for things... Um, uh, through like Feast of Love and, and Christ Community, other avenues that we're seeking to say we want this transformation that Jesus has made in us. We want it to have an impact in our society, in our, in our neighborhoods, in our city. And we want it to have an impact in the world. And you'll see in there ways that we connect with refugees come to our, um, uh, uh, our city, Way, ways that we, we connect with mission workers who are in places like Iraq and, and, and Turkey and northern Africa and other uh, places as well. We want to not just be about religious services, but to be the kind of people that Jesus died for, to truly have an impact in our own lives and the lives of our world. Now, but this... The thing is, this, this access, this, this call to obedience, this call to following Jesus is what leads to healing. It's what leads to life in the full. It's not a, a school. You know, it's not a prison. I mean, this, this, is a, a, this is an apprentice for life. This is a student for what is life because the, the Creator is the one who knows how we best live. And that's why in verse 14, as Jesus is in the temple, as he's, torn, as he's thrown over the tables, you know, what we're told is the blind and the lame come to him. That the children are in there crying out, Hosanna unto, unto God. And, and those are all people that weren't welcome in the temple. The blind and the lame, well, there was something wrong with them. They were blind and lame because somehow they were impure. And the children, they were the uneducated ones. They didn't know. They, they cost more than they gave. You know, they took more than they, than they would give to us. They, they, they had to get to a certain age before they were useless or before they were useful. You know, so the impure, the broken, and the useless were the ones that were gathered before Jesus, crying out to Him. So if you're broken, if you're a sinner... If you're blind and lame in some way, if you're physically, spiritually, emotionally, financially, whatever it might be, then you're exactly the one that Jesus came for. It, the access is to all. And, and He tore through the temple and brought them in and healed them in the midst of the temple. And... and supported and encouraged the children because that's who he came for to die for. Hosanna, what a great word. It, it's, it's another one of those words um, uh, that is a Hebrew word that in Greek we just transliterated it. There is no, it has no meaning except to say it's the same way that they said it in Hebrew and we did the same thing in English. And, and really, uh, Hosea uh, is um, rescue. And then na is I beg, I pray. And so it's 
just to call out, rescue me, help me, I beg you, I pray. That's the cry of anyone who comes to Jesus. And if we don't come with that cry, then somehow we think we're bringing something to the table. You know, that we're not coming in that fullness of humility. That we, we can, it is for anyone and everyone, the lame, the blind, and the useless are the ones who come to Jesus and He heals them and He brings them in to the fullness of life. Now, what was what we see in, in this the situation is the religious leaders uh, in the in contemporary translations, uh, things like if you're familiar with a translation of the Bible called the Message, it says the pastors and the elders responded to Jesus and to the children crying out with anger. And you can see here, it had gotten so bad in Jesus' day that the religious leaders weren't just getting in the way of Jesus, they were directly opposed to him. And, and again, Jesus responds uh, by quoting from the Old Testament in Psalm 8. Where don't you know? Haven't you heard? Again, haven't you applied the word to your life? It's the infant and babies that cry out. Out of the mouths of babes and infants you founded a bulwark because of your foes to silence the enemy and the avenger. God wants and is at work gathering those beyond us unto himself. Just this week, at WizKids, which is one of the um, ministries trying to reach out into the community, trying to apply what it means to follow Jesus in our, our neighborhood. Um, one of the, the tutors uh, with their, their students, they did a thing called resurrection eggs, sort of an Easter egg hunt. And then as you come back, you bring the eggs, you open it up, it tells the Easter story. Well, when they got to the, the part of the story where Jesus was entering into um, Jerusalem, uh, the triumphal entry like, like we just had, the, uh, the student wanted to stop. And the tutor was, huh, why? What's up? He said, well, the student said, I've been cussing a lot. And I don't want to go to hell. So the tutor saw that opportunity to share. Don't you know, it's the people that cuss. It's the lame. It's the broken. It's the murderers, it's the adulterers, it's the greedy that Jesus welcomes before him to heal them and to lead them. You don't have to clean up anything. You just come to him. He'll do the work of cleaning you up. If you relate to that student because you've been cussing a lot this week, or, or something else. Jesus came to die to give you and me total and complete access to the Father. Radical, complete forgiveness. And to lead us into a new way of life. Uh, for us, you know, as a church, as a community of faith, may, may our, our cry be... 
that Jesus would continue to clean us out. He'd turn over the tables in our own lives. He'd turn over the, the, the way that maybe we're too wed to traditions or preferences or our own commitments and that they can get in the way of really engaging um, with others about the love of Jesus. May, may our, our prayer be that, that Jesus continues to cause a mess in us as a church. That He continues to clean things up and to, to make things right in our own individual lives. To continue to, to force out the stuff that gets in the way of us engaging with Him and us engaging with others so that they might engage and connect with Him and obey Him together and enjoy Him forever. He has come to bring access, total access, for all and any. May He do that in us and through us and for us. Amen.